Please open your Bibles if you have. And, and listen, I want to encourage you. What's happening in the earth right now is there's a, a, such a move of God. In the early, late 60s, some of you were not even thought of yet. You were in God's mind. But in the late 60s, early 70s, there was the charismatic outpouring. It was a great outpouring of God by His Spirit. Hundreds, thousands, thousands and thousands of young people were pouring into churches looking for God. The Holy Spirit came upon societies in power, exposing the deeds of darkness, but revealing the love of God to so many. And the, the, the young people began to run. Because young people, want, they want the real deal. They don't want religion. I don't want religion, and here's news for some of you, God doesn't want religion. God wants a relationship with His creation, and that's what we're talking about here. And one thing the Lord has blessed me with, personally, not just in His grace, is the ability to walk into certain regions and begin to sense and feel what's going on in the Spirit over that area. It's called geography. And one thing as I was praying about this meeting and information from heaven for you is to understand that there is a powerful occultic resistance. Not cult, occult. Satanic, witchy resistance to the move of God here. What are you going to do about it? Do we fear? Do we fear the demonic? Do we fear Satan? You can answer. He gave us power to tread on serpents and scorpions. It's not arrogance. I'm going to share something with you. Pride and arrogance are the, the opposite of boldness and confidence. God did not call you to be or nigh to be proud or arrogant, but He's called us to be bold and confident. And as it was said at the panel at the forum yesterday, in who we are because of whose we are. Think about it. We just heard this Mario Murillo, Mario Murillo, just shared this a couple weeks ago in a meeting we were in. And he said, how many of you know that David was a teenager when he took Goliath on? Come on, come preach back at me. He was a teenager. And here's the other thing Mario brought out. He never, God never told him to stand up against Goliath. There's nothing in the Scripture that says God told him to stand up to Goliath. He brought food to his brothers. He was tending sheep. But while he was tending sheep all those years, he learned his weapon, and he learned how to use that sling. And to the point where he killed a lion and a bear with that, with that weapon. I mean, I'd rather have a, you know, an M16 or something to take that on. You know the story. He heard the taunts of, of Goliath. And he saw the whole army of God. Now, I want to say this. He saw the, let's say this. He saw the church of, of um, it, it's, a, it's a comparison. He saw the church cowering 
to the influence of this demonic entity. As God needs people to live in and speak through and do His work through, so does Satan. And you know what you need to do if you're to be influenced and controlled by Satan? Nothing. Reject Jesus, and you're a candidate to be a satanic puppet of some sort. Hallelujah. I'm preaching good. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave to some kind of demonic pervert. I don't want to be a slave to someone who committed treason to the Holy Father in heaven. He was the anointed cherub, the Bible tells you and I. He was anointed of God, created by God. But he didn't create robots, and he still isn't. We are, everyone in this room is a free moral agent. You have a choice to make, life or death, God or Satan, good or evil, light or darkness. That's the deal. So I say it this way. We all have a choice but do we really have an option? Eternity is hanging in the balance. Guys, life is a vapor. We're going to be 72. And there's, I remember when we were in our early 20s. And 70 look a long way off. 70 people, 70 year olds were old. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Ghost give you a chutzpah. Caleb was 85 when he went into the promised land with a sword ready to do battle with the enemy. Something interesting about Caleb and Joshua, they were from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. That's why when this praise team's going on, you need to not be a, a spectator. You need to be a participator because praise does something in your spirit. It does something in your soul, and it does something in your body. Hallelujah. That's what praise does. I'm, uh. I want you to hear this word, if you would, please. It's got to go the other way, Bert. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, there's a revelation the Apostle Paul brings forth to the church of Corinth. I'm going to do this for my sake, guys. I love you. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he reveals something that you and I, how many people in here, honestly, let me see your hand, if you've been born again and you've accepted Christ as your heart, into your heart. All right, praise God. How many people are here today, and if you can honestly just say, I've never received Jesus into my heart, but I do believe he exists. All right, that's good. Let me see the hands. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul says this, and he uses this language, whose minds, he's talking about society, the God of this age has blinded. Whose minds, the God of this age, lowercase g, inferring Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Now, I don't know about you, but that ticks me off. Because I once was blind. <laughs> Amen. And I was lost, like everybody in this room was. Thank God somebody stood and began to intercede for my soul to be saved. 
Somebody got a hold of prayer and prayed that blindness off of my soul so that I could see my need for a Savior. We, we don't realize how powerful prayer is. Effectual, fervent prayer. Amen. Thank you. So it says this. Whose minds the God of this, mage, of this age has blinded who do not believe. If perhaps the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ should shine on them. Amen? We need the gospel of Christ to go forth through our lives. God has anointed His church and is calling His church to rise up into the fullness of the stature of Christ Almighty. As He is, so are we in the world, the Bible says. That's a good time to say hallelujah. Well, I don't see myself that way. That's all right. That's temporary. Because if you will learn and choose to abide in the vine, Jesus of Nazareth, the Word of God, you will be being transformed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. The things that Jesus did, now listen, everybody, you've heard that my message may not be new to some, but it might be new to others. But if one thing, the Bible says this, one, one minister plants the Word of God, another one waters it, and another one waters it, another one waters it, but God gives the increase, and He will reap the harvest. If you have ears to hear today, understand this. Somebody laid their life down to get the blindness off your soul so that you might see Jesus and accept Him. And here's more news. God never sent His Son to start a religion. He sent Jesus to make a way for mankind to reconnect with the Father and be reconciled. And the Bible says to you and I to be reconciled to friendship. God doesn't, God's not willing. He doesn't desire anyone to go to hell. And hell was not created for human beings. Hell was created for Satan and the fallen angels, the angels that committed treason. But by virtue of their agenda to blind the minds of the unbelieving so that they can't see the light of the gospel. And part of the way he works his blindness and strategies, it was interesting on the, on the forum panel, the devil has strategies. He's very divisive. Jesus named, called him out on the carpet. He said he was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Say liar. liar. Say murderer. murderer. His, and, and Jesus also said this. In John 10, he said, I am the true shepherd. <laughs> my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Another they will not follow. Now, good question. Since we walked into this tent today, the prayers that precede it have helped prepar the preparation for what we began to encounter in praise and worship. Say, prayer's the foundation for everything that God does. Tell your neighbor, prayer's the foundation for everything God does. Why? Because we're made in God's image. 
Y'all know that in Hebrews 11 it says, we know by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of his power. God, wow, God began to think of a human family, but actually a spirit family that he was going to place on planet earth that would need human flesh in order to habitate here. We are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spirit beings, eternal beings, having a human experience. Maybe you never heard that before, but let it help you put things in perspective. That's why Jesus, Jesus came to expose the kingdom, kingdom of darkness and to put things in order. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor Jesus is good. Hallelujah. And tell your neighbor Jesus died for you. The next thing I want to share with you is this. Now, today might not be new, but these verses can help arm you with weapons to share with others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, I want to share, read this to you, but how many, let me ask you a question in here. How many have your Bibles, your paper Bibles with you today? Okay, very few. I want to encourage you something. I know a lot of people have the electronics. But do you know that when you have your paper Bible, that the anointing of God that's in you gets into that paper? I'm, I'm telling you something. It doesn't get into the electronic. It gets into the paper. It gets into the paper. I don't know if you can see this, but Psalm 91 in my Bible is not white. It's discolored. It's discolored because it's been handled so many times. The anointing of God in, in Ray Shannon as he feasts and eats the Word of God and turns through the pages and lays his hand on the pages and prays that word out, it literally is tangible and goes into this Bible. I can pick up my Bible and go to certain things. I can pick up your Bible and, and struggle to get to a certain thing. But when I pick up my paper Bible, guys, I'm telling you what, it feels like a sword. There's something about it. I mean, I thank God for this as a resource, but I don't want that in my hand. I've been in situations, and other people may have too, with satanic witches, a Satanist that was assigned to take my life. And that was his assignment. And on the way to go talk to this man, the Holy Spirit said, don't hug him because he'll put a knife in your back. And you want to hear the truth? I said, Lord, I really don't feel much like going now. He had stabbed himself. He tried to kill his wife and child. He went up a, a steps to get his wife. His wife ran to the top of the steps. This is before I got involved, my wife and I. 
And as she, he was coming up with a knife to kill her after he had stabbed himself because he was in a coven. And just like the eagles, stop listening to that secular trash. Hotel California. It's all about a witch coven. Once you get in, you can't get out. So he was trying to think. He wanted out of the coven. But he knew that it would be worse for his family if he left. He feared them coming to kill his wife and child. So he was going to kill them and then kill himself. As he was going up the steps, his wife said, Jesus. And she said, it looked like something, someone threw him down the steps. She grabbed her child and fled. They came to our house, and she shared the report of what was going on. Well, now we have a man that had put a knife through his shoulder. That We're concerned about him getting gangrene. How's he, is he going to care for himself? What's going on here? Well, you knew it was demonic. See, the, the, the spirit realm is more real than the natural. And I'm not saying yay me. I'm telling you what. I've, Augustinea, I've felt and experienced all three parts of my being through this process. And God wants you to hear this for a reason and purpose. You never have to fear the devil. But I want to share something with you about this thing. I went to his house I walked into his apartment, and I'm just going with the Holy Ghost. Is this all right, Pastor? Is this all right for you all? You all ready for hear some of this? It's a testimony because the Scripture says, we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. See, praying in tongues is not just a convenient thing. It's life, glory to God. It's creative, glory to God. It's God talking to God. The Holy Ghost in you, using your... Your being to pray through to the Father and create things in the Spirit, reveal mysteries. <clears throat> I got to the, the apartment where this man was at. I knocked on the door, and all I heard was, Come in, bro. I'm like, Ugh. Ugh. Now, I want to share something about in Satanism and witchcraft. They pride themselves on physical power and finances and, of course, abuse. Physical power, abuse, and finances. They want power. I opened the door. No lights are on. I walked in and down this narrow hallway in this apartment, and in the living room, he's sitting there. Now, I want to say something. This guy was built like a brick wall. He physically could have just intimidate you. He was very strong. He was a powerful man, physically. And he was sitting in a chair, and as I walked into the room, there were candles lit all around the living room. And the Holy Spirit said, it's a communion service, and you're the sacrifice. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for His Spirit. I had my... Bible under my arm. It just gave me such confidence. And I felt like I had the sword of the Lord. And I, he began to get out of his chair, and I said, you sit there in the name of Jesus. 
And he began to gnash his teeth. Saints, I'm telling you something. When you read in the Bible, there will be in that dark place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I never heard anything like this. Every hair on my body stood up when he gnashed his teeth. I felt like his teeth were going to be ground to powder. I never heard anything like it. It was to create what? Fear in me. Now, my wife and I had prayed. We had prayed, a, you know, a lot before going over, and the Holy Spirit was guiding me and protecting me all the way through it. But the work had to be done for him to get the care and attention he needed. He began, he then he, uh, he began to try to get out of the chair again. I said, you sit there. I'm in the name of Jesus Christ. And he reached in his jacket, and I thought, I'm just telling you my thoughts. I thought, Lord, I knew he has, I know he has a knife somewhere, but you didn't tell me he had a heater. He's reaching in his jacket, and I'm thinking he's going to pull out a piece and let me have it. He pulls out a half-inch nylon rope, and he says, bind me. And I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he began to grind his teeth again. And this is going on for a while, and then I felt from the Lord Go blow the candles out. This sacrifice is over. Now, I'm telling you what. I'm not trying to... I'm just sharing something because I believe... This happened. It happened. When I got to the last candle and blew it out... He opened up his arm like this with a leather jacket on. He said, take it. I didn't, he didn't have to tell me what it was. I went right into his jacket. He couldn't touch me. I pulled this butcher knife out. I snapped it in two and threw it in the trash can. I said, let's go outside. I needed fresh air. <laughs> I needed fresh air, guys. But I had this. And... I was trusting, trust, play, say play by play. Trusting the Holy Spirit to, to work. I didn't know how this was going to work out. I didn't know how the, this was going to finalize. Say, say Romans 8, 14. Those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, guided by Him, protected by Him. We went out onto His front porch, and now it's getting dark. And I'm trying to tell him how much Jesus loves him. While I'm talking to him, I'm pulled in my spirit to look up this way. And there's a light up this way. And I see a a man coming down the sidewalk with a child. And the Holy Spirit said, he failed, they sent another. He failed his assignment to kill you. That's the, the gist of it. He failed. He sent the warlock, sent another person to help him fulfill the sacrifice. Who's the sacrifice? The intended one. Jesus was the sacrifice. And I thought, oh, God. And this guy was, he looked like a troll. He came up, and the first man that I'm ministering to kisses his hand, and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Okay. You all understand that Paul reveals to us that there's an authority in the Spirit. There's rank and file, and there isn't Satanism as well. 
So this guy that I've been dealing with is a sergeant. This guy is higher in rank in Satanism. And he, his child, guys, I'm telling you what, it broke my heart. This child looked like there was nobody home. He just, this man put that child between the car. I understand that this child is in bondage. This child is absolutely under the ploy and deception of the, dark, the, the prince of darkness. Now I've got two of them. And this is what they began to do. They began to chant. They began to chant in a demonic tongue. Say demonic tongue. Say Holy Spirit tongue. They began to speak in a demonic tongue and chant, and they split apart. To And I knew that when he split apart, it was to come at me, to get me, and, you know, and finish their, their deal. And I'm sitting there, and this is, these were my thoughts. I said, Lord, David killed a lion and a bear. I will kick, bite, scratch, do whatever it takes. I mean, I'm, I'm going to unleash hell on these two the best I can. But I need your help. And as they're chanting, the Holy Spirit says, you have the real thing. Now, men have testosterone. Naturally, you can get it spiritually too. When he said, you have the real thing, I knew that he meant pray in tongues, hard and strong. And now in the spirit, I might have been saying, you want some of this? I didn't know. I don't know. All I can tell you is, like, you want some of this? Come on and get it. That's how I felt. As I was, and, and they, the, the first guy looks to the second guy and says, hear it. And I, something's happening. And I just kept it going. And the second guy that came to help kill me looks at the first guy and he says, we can't touch him. It's like he's in a box. I knew the Lord delivered the, the enemy into my hands. I went right up to that second guy's face. I said, look at me. Do you know Jesus? I figured, I'm going for the juggler. I ain't got time to play. You know? Do you know Jesus? And he said, and he be, honestly, he began to blaspheme Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And I looked at the first guy and I said, do you know Jesus? Do you want Jesus? Guy number two grabs his kid, splits. Guy number one runs inside his apartment and slams the door. And I'm there in a whirlwind. And I said, Lord, that's it for this trip. I'm done. I went, got in my car, and I drove home. But the power of God... And I'm going to tell you something. This thing gives me a lot more security in my phone with a Bible program. When I've got this in my hands, and I know that I eat it, and I live in it, and I pray it, and I love it, I love it. People say, what's your favorite verse, the Bible? 
Hallelujah. And whatever God wants to focus on. But I want to tell you something, that you guys are so graced of God to have Jesus in your heart. And maybe you're visiting today and you've never, you, you've, you believe in Jesus. You know about Jesus, but you yet have asked Him to be your Savior and Lord in a personal way. To acknowledge that you need a Savior. One of the guises of the devil is to have people practice religion. Satan's not upset if you practice religion. Religion is designed by man, not by God. Now, the Old Testament, you know, the Jewish faith and all that stuff and the laws and the commandments and different things they were given. God had a people, and God was invading an ungodly humanity to raise up a nation for himself. He had to establish laws and rules and everything else to help them see the forest through the trees. And even with the laws and the commandments they had, they didn't have the ability to save themselves. But they had the ability to make right choices and please God to the best that they could. And God says, you know, this is, that's part of the initial plan. It's part of the clearing of the land. But I got a house I'm going to build. You know, they're just following, your pastors are just following something that God's been doing for since the beginning of all time. He's got plans. He's building. Tell your neighbor, God's a builder. And say, tell your neighbor, God's not done building me yet. If you're here today and you've never, maybe you've been religious. I, my wife was, was Miss Goody Two-Shoes. She didn't know what she married. I said, I took a risk marrying her. She really took a risk marrying me. It's not, it's that funny. <laughs> Jesus. My wife was, we were raised in a denomination, and I just want to say this, this isn't a criticism to any denomination. Denominations are the result of arguments and disunity and uh, division, uh, disagreement. But from the beginning, I've asked people this. I was raised in the Roman Catholic expression. I had 12 years of Catholic school. I was an older boy, wanted to be close to God. But a funny thing happened. I got snake bit by the devil. Religion couldn't make me good enough to, to earn heaven. But you know what? Everybody in this room, there's a longing inside of you to encounter and experience the supernatural. Everybody in this room, there's a longing deep inside because we're made in God's image, not man's image. Amen? So there's a desire, a longing to encounter the supernatural. Now, how many in here just honestly in the midst of the praise and worship that you sense God's presence? If you don't, that's all right. It's going to come. It's going to come. Because like it was said, God will not hold anybody away from Him. He invites all to come to Him. All you who are heavy laden and burdened, come to me.
I understand there are new families visiting today or visitors and different things. Very possibly, very possibly, you've been a good person. How many times have we all said that before? I'm a good person. Anybody in here, am I alone in that? Did anybody think you're good enough to let, that God and His wisdom and justice should let me in because I'm, I didn't kill anybody? You are better than me, honey. Thank you. <laughs> Truth be told, nobody in here can fix yourself. Nobody in here can fix him or herself. Only God can fix us. Jesus, from the foundation of the world, and I see it in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6, Isaiah has this experience in the Spirit where he's high and lifted up and he sees Jesus in the temple, high and lifted up, and his train fills it. And he's experiencing and encountering the glory of God. And he says, I am a man of unclean lips. I, I shouldn't even be in this place. And God has an angel come with a coal from the altar and puts it on his mouth to purify his lips and his mouth. And then God asked the question. He said, whom shall we send? And Isaiah says, send me, Lord. Type and shadow of what he did with Jesus. From the very beginning, he knew when he created man that man would fall. But yet he made a way for all mankind to be redeemed. And Jesus said, Father, send me. I'll go. Because man can't fix himself. But I'll take their punishment, I'll take their place. I'll take their sin, sickness, disease, and their damnation upon myself so they don't have to experience it. If you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to stand up publicly. Stand up if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Anybody in the back? Everybody in here is born again? Let me see your hands if you're born again. You've given your heart and life to Jesus. Praise God. Well, I hope this has helped you understand that, like the Bible says, we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities, powers, spiritual forces of darkness. I heard Billy Graham say one time, when Lucifer fell, one-third of the angels fell with him. You know what that means? They're outnumbered two to one. Tell your neighbor there's more with us than there are with them. We bless this house. Come on, honey. Bert, Carolyn, do you have anything? I just want to encourage. I I know in my I know in the heart, my heart, my spirit, that there are people here 
but maybe have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not condemning anyone. I smelled stunk of religion. And when my husband gave his life to Christ, and you have to know where he was at before he did. He was a rock and roll wannabe. <laughs> he was out getting high, drinking, partying. He was a musician playing in clubs, the whole scene, groupies, and all that stuff that came with it. And I'm at home raising three boys and one at the picket fence around my house and wearing my apron and baking the cookies. But he was so desperate for Jesus and he didn't know it. But his cousin, see, back in our days, we wore the long, you know, the guys, long hair, as they still do today now, long hair. But we were born again in the Jesus people back in the days. So Jesus people carried that Bible around. Jesus people went to the food store, the supermarket, with their Bible under their arm. They were not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus people would gather together with guitars and sit there and sing and worship the Lord. We didn't talk about other stuff. We talked about Jesus all the time. That's all we knew. And my husband's cousin, who was in the band, got born again. He was a mean bass player. I mean, and my husband always... That means very good. And my husband always says in the testimony, he was a chick magnet. I mean... My cousin. Yeah. And Billy all of a sudden disappeared from the group. They were playing in clubs. Billy just stepped out of it. He couldn't do it. The very thing that was destroying his life, he put down after he got born again the conviction of the Holy Spirit came in him and then he was on a journey say journey he was on a mission from the Lord him, his brother his two sisters that gave their life to Christ and they were in high school he was praying for my husband who was 20, 23 at the time we were married five years. Did we get married young? Yep, right out of school. They started praying for his salvation. Billy started coming up to our house to share Jesus with them. And I looked at him being so religious and I said, you might need him, but I don't, I don't want this in our house. I started telling my husband, discouraging him, that it was a cult because I was religious. And I said, I don't want him here. And after, and if they came up to the house, I was mean. This nastiness came out of me, defending I don't know what. 
but defending what I thought was truth. And then Jesus started to get a hold of me. They kept coming up, but guess who went on their prayer list after my husband gave his life to Christ? I went on their prayer list. And I'll tell you something, when young people come together and start praying, you might as well just give in. I'm telling you something, they know how to get a hold of heaven. And one thing I know about them, they don't quit. They don't quit at all. Jesus is real. We've had recently some young guys came in. One walked into our church. We were standing up on the pulpit. The discerning of spirit started to operate. We weren't asking for it. But this young guy came in, and I'm sure it's real big up in this area, heroin, fentanyl, all kinds of now in our area, I don't know about up here, but now we are building infirmaries. Is that it, what you call it? So, who? Dispensaries? So now we got pot going, and who knows what that's gonna be laced with. We got all kinds, do you see what I'm saying? There are people all around us that are hurting so bad and being misled by what they think is truth. And it's not truth, not at all. Our state is dark. We've been in that state for 40 some years. We grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. We grew up and we grew up there where it was very peaceful and God moved us to New Jersey. And a lot of churches started up and they quit because they said it was too hard. Nothing is too hard for our God. We just gotta stay with it. You gotta put your hands to the plow and stay with it. So anyway, this young man comes into our church, another young man brings him in, and this guy comes in and I'm standing on the pulpit are behind the pulpit. Pastors, I saw, God opened our eyes. I saw a spirit and it was a gray mist that came down over his head. This is just a few months ago. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go and take authority over that. That's a spirit of death. I walked down to him when I did, his head was just bobbing down. And I looked at him and I just, and I just took his hand. He, he didn't even know, he couldn't even open his eyes. Well, I found out right before he came into church. He just, what do you do? I don't even know what you do. Shot himself up or took fentanyl. He took a whole bunch of fentanyl. And I thought, you're not dying on our watch. No way. See, this is what's out there all around. And what is the church doing? What is the church doing? We can't be afraid. We've walked up to people on street corners. We've walked up to people in supermarkets. I mean, all kinds, we just see it. There's that, that, that need inside of us that grows to share Jesus with people. And I walked over and my husband walked down. He saw it too. And I said, take my hand. He couldn't even open his pick his head up to open his eyes. I said, I want you to start saying with me, start saying Jesus. 
Jesus. Come on, start saying it. And the church was praying in tongues. And he just finally came out and he could only whisper, Jesus, Jesus. And I said, say it louder. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that name started to deliver him. I said, we bind the spirit of death off of you in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of witchcraft off of you in the name of Jesus. And for the power of the Most High God to cleanse your blood system right now. His head picked up, his eyes looked at us, and we had somebody take him out and go minister to him. But not on our watch. And why I'm saying that is generations have always had this junk and this stuff in every single generation. And God wants us to be ready at any given time to go to them. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And from that time forward, we have never stopped plowing and pushing and driving and speaking the name of Jesus to people. Always tell them about Jesus. Is that fire in you? Or do you come just to come to church, but you're not really the church? Are we just coming to do your duty? Or are you really the church coming together? We say this at church at our place too. This isn't anything, I'm not saying anything questioning or condemning, but in the heart of hearts, people you all know, we all know, where, where are we? What are we doing? The one thing I want to share about the testimony, and we didn't even know it was going to go this way and why it went this way, only God knows. But I do know this. We mentioned this at the forums. You protect your children. They are watching and viewing and social media with so many things. Satanism just has another, another cover on it. But it's there. And our children and our grandchildren are playing with this stuff. And if there was any love in their heart or anything towards the Lord, we're watching this. We're watching them get cold. And we just know we got to pray and get to the parents. I want to tell you this before we throw out. Yeah. Hear what we're saying. This is real stuff. I want to go back to the story of the man who was involved in Satanism because I don't want you to think, well, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, whatever happened to him? We went through another deal with him a second time some years later. And and I'm not going to go into all those details. But eventually he was set free. Hallelujah. He was he was from yeah. from the time he was a child. He was brought up in Satanism. There were churches planted. There's churches planted. But that church eventually fell apart because of prayer. This man who was involved and got set free from it, 
gave his life to Christ. And he's home, he's home with the Lord now. But here we go, full circle. His wife and his kids are in our church now. We didn't see them for some years. And their kids are so, so on fire because of, you know what? And we didn't reject them at all. Their dad told them what had happened. And we didn't see them. But I'm telling you, because of the power and the grace of God, because of the love of Jesus Christ, and if your home, this home here, is open to the Lord, God will bring the people there. God will bring people to you. God will bring people into your homes. You'll be able to minister to them. This is a church. They have to be in a local church. There's a lot of stuff out there that are saying this. I mean, you know, we know it. We've had it. Social media has taken over the church. I'm going to stay at home and, and just go to the church that I want to. That's not God. God ordained the local church. Do not forsake the assembling together even as that day approaches. What day? The coming of the Lord. Amen? The local church is a place that God raises up to be a light in an area. In Revelations, it says where there isn't any, then the sanctuary of Satan, what is it, hon? Or the synagogue of Satan will be seen. We have to have local churches. You bring the people to the local church and then whatever is set up to help feed them and how to feed them, they'll get fed. And you being a part of their life, praying and encouraging them, speaking the word to them is really important. Now I'm just dumping a whole lot of things on you. And you probably have heard this over and over again. But we are in this season. And I will say this over and over again, where the Lord Jesus Christ is returning very soon. At any moment. Amen. Now I want to ask a question and throw it out again. Maybe, maybe you thought you had a relationship with the Lord, but you struggle back and forth because you didn't surrender everything to him. See, that was my heart. I, didn't, I wasn't taught to surrender my whole life to him. I didn't know much about the power that was in the blood of Jesus. I didn't know anything. But that power that's in the blood of Jesus has forgiven you completely and has washed you all clean. But we have to accept it. Amen? Say accept him. Accept him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so grateful that I'm born again. I, oh, by the way, I don't walk around and just say, I'm a Christian. A lot of people are doing that too. There's new age Christians out there. There's all kinds of Christians out there. But we say we're born again. It's a showstopper. 
But if you have not been born of God, a second birth that took place, not just from your parent, your mother's womb, but your spirit needs to become born of God to become his child. And that's receiving the work of Jesus Christ on the, on the cross that he forgave you, took all of your sins, all of your sickness and disease, and he became the penalty for it because he knew you couldn't do it. And he said to the Father, send me. You talk about a love. Why? So that the Father could have you as his son or daughter. So if anyone here, we don't want to ever not give this opportunity to somebody like was given to me. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're just asking you to slip your hand up. Just put your hand up. If there's anyone, if there's anyone in the back. We're not talking about religion, but a relationship. Amen. You have the glory of God and the sweetness of Jesus. Guard it. Amen. Amen. Well, we, by that, we just understand that you're all saying that you're born again, but I believe that there might be some here that are not. So. But this is a good, safe place for you to still come. I'm going to get turned over to pastor, but in Jeremiah 23, the Lord dropped this in my heart. In verse 3, he says, But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. This house will be fruitful and increase. You can be confident of this. Verse 4, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Tell your neighbor, we're in a safe place. We're blessed. You have to tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, we're in a safe place. We are blessed. And God has placed over us good shepherds. God bless you. We hope we helped you.